Hello and welcome back to the Angry Pharmacist Podcast. I'm your host and your diabetes health coach, Dr. Krista Ello. And I may once or twice been been accused of being an angry pharmacist. And you know what? That's okay because I am angry. I'm angry about how our medical system doesn't really help us anymore. It used to. It used to have a great purpose, but now it, it feels a little bit like it's set up for you to come back to it over and over and over again, okay? It's kind of like an addictive type of candy. <laughs> and that makes me angry because we should be teaching people how to be less reliant on the health system and less reliant on medications. And let me tell you about the medications. When it comes to being a pharmacist, nobody uses these properly because they don't have the education to do so because they're not pharmacists. There, I said it. Sorry. I got angry really quickly in this episode. On today's episode, by the way, I'm going to give you some insight into what it's like to be a provider in a primary care office. Now, for a long time, I've been really afraid to talk about this because the providers and the PAs and the NPs in there, the ones I've worked with, really have their heart there for the patient. They really do. Okay, but they're in a system that does not allow them, okay, that does not allow them to know all they need to know, be all they can be for you. And the patient, of course, doesn't know this. They think, you guys, you know, they think that the doctor knows all the new drugs and how all the new drugs work and how they all interact and what is best and what isn't best. And everybody knows, thinks the doctor knows all of that, but they don't because they don't have time to look that up. They don't have time for the most cutting edge medical research every single day in every single topic in every single disease state. Okay, that's why it needs to be a patient-centered system instead of a doctor making the decision system. Now, we say that it's a patient-centered system, but it's not, okay, because the doctors make the decisions, okay? And if you want to test that out, go ahead and try to make your own decision and see what the outcome is. You go ahead, you tell me. I know what the outcome's gonna be. So we're gonna give you some insight in a loving way into what the doctors have to deal with on a daily basis to kind of give you some insight into why they, they don't know things like how insulin works. Okay, they know it lowers your blood sugar. They know it's you know, similar to the insulin in the body. They don't know the kinetics. They don't know how it rises and falls, all right? And if you're a provider and you're an NP or a PA here in this, I'm sorry, okay? I'm just giving you generalities because when it comes to this stuff, most of them don't know what Lantus is versus Detamir versus NPH versus regular versus Glargy. You know, they, they just don't. Okay. Anyway, I've ranted long enough. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm a particularly angry pharmacist today because every day I see people suffering and they just don't have to. You just don't have to. There's a simpler way. That's why I do what I do. That's why I'm a diabetes health coach. And there's a lot more providers like me, MDs and dietitians and nutritionists who are seeing the system, who are seeing the program, okay? They're seeing through the matrix. They're realizing the shit they've been telling people isn't true and they're doing it a whole new way. That's why like um, other programs and other nutritional, other nutritional type teachings are now available as a certification instead of just regurgitating whatever, whatever the American nutritional guidelines are, which is crap. I'm sorry, they're crap. They're made for people who have zero disease, zero weight problems, and zero health problems whatsoever. And like 80% of Americans have a health problem. So what are they good for? Nothing. 
nothing, okay? I'm sorry, I'm still ranting. Anyway, so if you're, if you're listening to this, by the way, and you have type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes, any kind of diabetes, insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, listen, go over to my website and get my freebies. There's some good low-carb desserts, and, and I have a downloadable little, uh, little book of pricks blood sugar log, okay, that I created. It has a little cactus on it. I know. It's hilarious. Download that because checking your sugars is one of the first steps you can take to figuring out where the problem is. And don't worry about rules about one hour before, two hours after, whatever. Just take your blood sugar and see what it is. And you'll be well on your way already to realizing the food that is impacting you. Okay. Awesome. I made the little book of pricks because most of the ones available today are made by the pharmaceutical companies and I just cannot let that stand. All right, so let's get into the clinic. All right. So when you're, when you're in the clinic as a provider, okay, as a, an MD in particular, do you notice how hard it is, by the way, to see an MD anymore? Do you know how hard it is to see a, an actual physician, an actual medical doctor? They want you to see the PA or the NP. And the reason that is, is because we have a shortage of MDs. One, it's really expensive to become an MD. Two... You have the malpractice insurance, which makes it really difficult to be a human and also a doctor. Okay, and three, we have like a, a massive abundance of sick people because we're just not taking care of our human bodies the way we're supposed to as humans. Seems like we know nothing about them, all right? And here's another reason that you may not realizing. We have such massive burnout in the primary care realm and in general medicine that nobody can stay there more than... I don't know, a decade is really pushing it. They go somewhere else. They do something else. But the gatekeepers to the chronic disease world are the primary care physicians. So you better pray you got a good one and that they, they know what they're t- talking about and that they're up on their latest research. You better pray they're not doing the same thing they were taught 10 years ago. Okay, you're in trouble. Because the really good ones, all right, the really good ones, their panels are full. All right, they have patients that have found them and are clinging to them and will not let them go. And you know what? I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. You know you you got a good one when they say, oh, I'm I'm retiring, and you just melt. You're like, no, now I have to go find a new doctor. And you know how hard that is. And it's hard because the good ones are leaving, okay, because they're retiring. They're also also leaving because they're sick of this bullshit system. There's doctors who are like, this is complete shit. And they've decided to just go and strike out on their own. And they, I mean, the... My father's doctor, before he passed, he was awesome. His office was out of his house. He didn't take insurance. He's like, there's a flat fee for seeing him. And then there's, there's some other stuff, right? Because he's like, I'm sick of being influenced to try to sell this drug or put them in this drug or do this diagnosis. I'm sick of being trying to put into like a group of physicians that an insurance company owns. And the insurance company gives you incentives for seeing people more often. And it's ridiculous. There's actually incentives to see a ton more people in in a shorter amount of time, a.k.a. making them sicker. Right. So the good ones, a lot of the good ones are seeing the system and they've struck out off their own. I don't know if you've seen doctors out there who do YouTube videos now. Because they've seen that one of the worst things we are doing is telling people just the worst nutritional advice on the planet creating a massive problem with obesity, diabetes, heart disease. But if you go into a, an office and say fat is good and car or, or you know carbs suck, 
you're going to get, you know, there's going to be pitchforks. There's going to be swearing. There's going to be people throwing stuff at you because that's how far behind that system is because they don't have time for the latest and greatest medical research. And by the way, some of that is hidden from them via the clinical guidelines because there's only a certain group of people that control what's in the clinical guidelines. So we have, I mean, it's, it's, it's hopeful for me because I'm seeing these doctors come out and say, we're doing this wrong. We need to do it better. We need to do it right. Okay. And they're like, this is how it is. And there's a few doctors out there, and I love this because they're absolutely right that the DASH diet doesn't work. Okay, you need fat in your diet. All right? Things that are like, I can't. People are, people are so dead against, against, dead against sodium, they think it's not supposed to be in their body. Sodium is, is, you wouldn't think. You wouldn't be able to think if you didn't have sodium. And yet it's marketed and marketed through the medical system like the worst thing for you. Okay? So anyway, I, th- I was going to talk about primary care providers, but I'm very, I'm very angry pharmacist today. So the good ones are leaving. There's a shortage. They're so overworked. There's no time to look stuff up. All you do is go by the guidelines. And I've talked about this before, but the guidelines are made up. They're supposed to be made up. Okay. And they're made um, of all of the clinical trial data, all of the, the trials and the research studies that have been published that is what they're supposed to be made up of. And there's this massive panel that gets together and goes through all these studies. All right, so the diabetes um, guidelines come out every January from the American Diabetes Association. And they're supposed to look through all these studies that impacted people with diabetes and decide together what is the best course of action for less disease, less medications, less um, complications, less problems. But that, that's not what happened at all. Because, as I've said before, they left a whole bunch of studies out. People were presenting with these studies two years in, all this great data about reducing carbohydrate content, increasing um, normal, naturally occurring fats, not fearing sodium so much. Okay, and their heads nearly popped off their body. They didn't even include it in the studies. Okay, so you have a group of people controlling what goes into the clinical guidelines. Those clinical guidelines or what the physicians in your office refer to as best practices, okay? Now, based on those, quote, best practices and clinical guidelines, the doctor then gets a report card, okay? They get a report card on a whole bunch of metrics. They call them the metrics or the HEDIS metrics, okay? Um, some have STAR measures. For, that's a Medicare thing. And they will rate this doctor. How many of your patients are on an ACE inhibitor if they have diabetes. It's not even like a, there's not even like a qualifying statement. It's like how many of your, it should be how many of your people with diabetes that are appropriate for an ACE inhibitor are on ACE inhibitors. Do you see what I mean? See the difference? It's not even that. It's just a blanket statement of you have diabetics, they should be on an ACE inhibitor, which is by the way, not true. Okay. There has to be a qualifying problem for you to be on that drug. How many of your diabetics are on a statin, right? Blanket statement. Not even a qualifier in there. Not even something to say, hey, how many of your people who have diabetes but who are also appropriate for a statin, which, by the way, I, there's not too many people. I'm sorry. There's just not too many people that are. <laughs> if, if you like, <sighs> I think we way overuse these drugs. I think they're way overprescribed. I think they're way overdone. They're way overblown. And they cause a lot of problems. And the, the insurance companies will rate you and depending on if you give your, 
your people with diabetes a statin or not. By the way, that's why your doctor nags you about it. That's why your doctor's like, I want you on Lipitor. I want you on Crestor. I want you on all these drugs because they're going through a checklist. Okay? And it's because of this checklist. The checklist is what has caused our providers who only want to help people to not even look up from their computer because they're so busy going through the checklist to make sure they've hit everything that somebody else told them is important for a general group of people but may not be appropriate necessarily for the person sitting in front of them. And we're talking about everything. Think of something that your doctor, you know, are you, are you, <laughs> you know, they go through this massive list of things your, your patients should be doing for themselves and if they're not doing it, it's the doctor's fault. And for some insurance companies, that means they're reimbursed at a lower rate, not a reimbursed at all. They're given poor, poor stars. They're given poor quality as a provider, things like that. So your doctor is all up, all up in the business, all right, of having to meet these metrics. Otherwise, they're kind of out of business. I mean, I work for the Department of Defense. They got the same thing, same thing, because I was in charge of the diabetes panel. Okay, so all of our people in there who had diabetes, I was in charge of them. And those measures, I was in charge of. How much, what percentage of people with diabetes have an A1C less than 9%, less than 12%, less than 6%, less than 7%? All right, and when I got there, everything was in the red. Red. I have the documents to prove this, by the way. This is not hearsay. Okay, but within six months of me being there, and having, and this is part of my story, by the way, I think I shared this with you, and having my people who have diabetes eat less carbs and just do more common sense stuff to get, to get their sugars lower, then their A1C followed. And they were on less medications, which meant less prescriptions for the doctors to renew and to write and to follow up on and to do the lab work on. Do you see how everything got better? Everything gets better. The, the drugs go down. All Everything goes into the green, but I'm selling less drugs. Okay? <laughs> I'm selling less drugs, so eventually the pharmaceutical company mafia is going to find me. It's going to be all over. And so after six months, all of those metrics were in the green. All right? There's a certain percentage of people that were less now less than 9% less than 6%, less than 7% off of drugs. And they had no idea how I did it. In fact, I remember the, the chief of medicine coming to my door and leaning against the door frame and looking at me and she's like, I did not think it was possible, but all of them are in the green. Okay, now, how did I do that? I did it by taking the person in front of me, evaluating where they are and deciding what we could do. And a lot of times with that diabetes, it was just answering a few simple questions because there was like misconceptions or confusions or anxieties. We cleared that up and we decided on a treatment plan. And most of the time that was, please stop drinking soda. Okay, st please stop drink eating oatmeal four times a day because, because you think that's good for your heart. Okay, a lot of it was nutritional misconceptions and then their entire health profile was suddenly in the green, okay? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But I wasn't selling the right drugs. All right, now, what I did, the doctors don't have time to do because I would be, in, I would be talking to somebody for, what, 30 minutes, 45? If you had a drug list that was like 15 to 20 drugs, you were in there for an hour and 15. 
I had time to do that. Your doctor does not have time to do that. They do not have time to pick the most appropriate drug for you. Okay? Uh, and I, they're going to get mad at me for saying this, but, but most doctors live by what I call the two-drug rule. Okay? It's called the two-drug rule. So, the two-drug rule is, all right, how many drugs they have in their arsenal of tools for each disease state they have. All right, so if they have hypertension, so if somebody has hypertension, okay, somebody has high blood pressure, there's a couple drugs they, they whip out real quick, and that's what they use on almost everybody, on almost everybody, because those are the drugs they are familiar with. That is, so that doesn't mean those are the drugs that are appropriate for you at all. I mean, they'll look to see what your allergies are, and you know, they make sure you didn't have any bad reactions in the past, but most of the time it's like, oh, blood pressure, here's my first one for literally everybody. Literally everybody. They don't tell you that. They just write you a prescription and say, here's for your blood pressure. And of course, you know, the patient or you is thinking, okay, they gave this all kinds of thought. They know my life. This is the best drug for me out of all the drugs out there. Absolutely. With capital letters. No, that is not true. That is not it. And when we were able to give people samples of these drugs back in the day, um, honestly, what you got for your disease state that day was whatever sample was with it was in back. Okay. The newest, greatest sample, whatever they had, that's what you got. That's why the pharmaceutical companies visited all the time. That's why the pharmaceutical companies came to the office, bought people lunch. They gave samples because they knew they would hand out those samples. And then when those samples were good and the patient liked it or whatever, then they would go in and ask for a prescription. When they ask for a prescription, the pharmaceutical company has just made whatever money, amount of monthly copayment times a million people, much more than a million people, times how long you on a drug? Five years, 10 years? Some people are on drugs for 20 or 30 years without changing stuff. Crazy. Okay? So please don't think your doctor's in there looking through all the data figuring out what drug. They may have to, but they're not going to do it during, the, during like the, the appointment, okay? Your doctor will be like, maybe they'll be stumped and not know what drug to give you. And that's when, well, that's when, if they're smart, they'll call the pharmacy. But the pharmacy's really busy. And a lot of the offices don't have a clinical pharmacist to say, hey, which drug do I pick? Right? So they're kind of stuck, and, and they usually just kind of guess. All right. And it, you know, it's not their fault. That is the situation they've been put into. They, they don't have time to learn 5,000 different chemical entities. All right. And they don't understand the differences between them. They didn't learn them like pharmacists learn them. Nobody has. But instead of asking pharmacists, a lot of times, maybe they'll call the pharmaceutical company. That's not great either. <laughs> That's not great either. Cause the answer is going to be like our drugs best. Sorry, pharmaceutical company, you know it's true. Sick of your crap. Right? So these providers are really being, they're just kind of being set up. All right? They're being set up by the system where they get 10 minutes to a patient, no matter how sick they are. And then they just kind of throw, have to throw drugs at it to keep things appeased until the follow-up. You know, and, and for you, that may take, what, three months for you to get back in and see your doctor? By then, things have gotten worse. Okay? Maybe you've gone into the hospital by then. The system is not set up to keep you healthy. It's it's set up to keep you, you know, not, you know, 
just under being hospitalized most most of the time I swear okay it's not you don't go to the doctor to get to get better you just don't okay you go to the doctor nowadays I really feel like this is how it is sometimes you go to the doctor after you figured out how to make yourself better and now you can go to the doctor and say okay I'm in shape stop yelling at me right I know that's so sad in a little bit I, I'm sorry but you know you've done it. You know you've been like, let me just get my shit together and then I'll go back to the doctor and get my blood work. Because if I go back to the doctor and get my blood work and it's not together, they're gonna give me another drug and they're gonna yell at me. Right, because that's all the doctor has time to do. I mean, I have PAs who are friends and they're like, I wish I had time to educate my patient. I don't. And they're like, thank God we have you in the clinic, Dr. Ello. Oh, whoops, I'm, I'm gone now. I'm out here doing this. I'm out down here in Jersey because my father passed away because life happens. Because he died from a disease that we have no idea how to treat. And then they had me treating a disease we know exactly how to treat, but they wouldn't let me do it the way it's supposed to be done. How ironic is that shit? So, your doctor may have started out really wanting to help. And maybe they still do, but they are caught in a system that makes it very difficult. And they may actually believe you when it comes to... My dogs just found me. They may believe you when it comes to, when you come to the clinic and say, hey, I want to try doing this diabetes thing naturally. And they're like, that, that's cool. But, but they already know, but maybe they're kind of burnt out. Maybe they've already had people say that and it didn't work out. Maybe they, maybe they are just sick of arguing with other providers, right? Because I remember this one guy looking at me, he was talking about this one patient he had, he was diabetic, it was really bad, having memory issues at that point. And He's, we just had a casual conversation about this, and he had no, but he had no idea how profound it was. He's like, oh, yeah, my patient there. He's like, he just went off carbs. Look at all the weight he lost. He's like, he's doing good. His A1C's down. I took him off all his drugs. I'm like, that's amazing. That's, that's, what I, you know, that's what I help people do a lot. I didn't tell him that, like, most of the time because I don't want to argue. Let me just get people in shape and forget about it. But what he said out loud was, this patient went off carbs and got off all his diabetes drugs. And instead of going around to his, his fellows and his physicians and saying, hey, this patient stopped eating carbs and he got rid of all his, all his medicine, he's just like, eh. You know, like we should be researching this. We should be writing a paper on it. We should be doing something, but we're not because he was so burnt out from what he does that he's just got nothing left to be like, let's change the way we treat people because this guy just got off all his drugs, <laughs> right? That's what we should be doing, but they're so burnt out, they don't even know, they don't even have the energy for that anymore. Okay, so for, give your physician a break, first of all, because they have to deal with a lot of crap, okay? And second of all, you know, if you want to do something different with your diabetes than more drugs and more medi medication and more diet advice that doesn't make any sense, that's exactly what I do. That physician who got his patient, well, no, his, he didn't get him off the meds. He, the patient got himself off the meds. And then he just acknowledged it. If that's what you're looking for, if that's what you want, that is what I do. And that is why I created the 30-Day Blood Sugar Reset Challenge. Okay, so head over to my website, drkristaello.com. I always leave the link below in the notes. And check it out. And check it out because it's not just me, okay? There's people in the primary care who know that this is going to help people, but the system is set up where we almost can't because there's you got to check stuff off a list and make sure people are on drugs they don't need. Otherwise, you get yelled at. Yeah. 
I think that's not the truth. I've been there and I know people that are stuck in there and they want to leave, but they can't because not everybody can be an entrepreneur. Anyway, that's it for today. I think I've ranted quite enough. I think I've been an angry pharmacist long enough. I'm going to get back to doing other things. I'd probably be in a mom. I should probably calm down first. Uh, but go over to my website. Make sure you get the freebies, drchristaello.com, and I will see you next time.